You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and a $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 165 of the Big Show, some Enforcer Based Podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Wednesday, midweek hump day. We're almost there. 10 days till Christmas. Hopefully everybody has their, their letters to Santa. You know, we don't want anybody getting lumps of coal out there. Hopefully there isn't too many people getting lumps of coal out there. I know a few people that might though. But, uh, no, how's everybody doing? Today's a very special episode. Um, I always say this show is listener driven. Well, today's episode definitely is listener driven. Um, I had put it out last week, uh, with an email address and I asked people, I put it on the three different fight groups and on Twitter. And I wanted people to email me their top 10 all-time fighters. And I I didn't reply to any of the emails just because I didn't have time. But I want to thank everybody who took the time 
to email me with their lists and everything. I appreciate it. Um, the turnout wasn't bad. Could have, you know, you know, I always kind of hope it'd be a little better. I mean, with the amount of apparently membership numbers, like we're talking tens of thousands are in these groups. Now, granted, I'm sure there's lots of bots and inactive accounts. I get all that, but you know, nonetheless, I'm sure there's a few thousand for sure in these groups, in each of these groups. And, you know, to only get a little, uh, a hundred and some, a little over a hundred and some votes or uh, emails was kind of a little disappointing, but eh, you know, what can you do? I do want to thank everybody who took the time to, to, uh, like I said, to, who sent it in. Um, a lot of you guys, I mean, every time myself or Alec, I know, ask for a question or ask for some interaction or some feedback, you guys are uh, right there doing it. And, uh, I see you out there. Um, I won't start calling people's names in case I forget. I don't want to leave anybody out, but, um, I, I definitely want to thank you guys for taking the time, all the time to support the show, um, to send the feedback. I mean, today, just a, a, a listener to Dante, I want to thank you for uh, for helping me out. Hopefully, we land that guest that we were talking about. I don't want to say the names, but he was, he's, you know, helping me out there. And I really much, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, a bunch of new listeners. Matt, I know, thank you for your list. Last minute, Matt, right at the end. Looking forward to hearing your podcast in the new year. Definitely, definitely have you on to, uh, to pump that up. Um, yeah, um, yeah, and all you guys. That I get the feedback from. It's it's great. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's nice to know when you put stuff out or you ask stuff. Um, sometimes you always think you're, you're you're talking into the ether, right? And you don't think anybody's listening. But I know you guys are. And uh, I appreciate it. And um, and like I said, guys, for, for those out there, um, I, like if you're shy or whatever, you don't want it to... Believe me, uh, I... I want you to, I want your, to hear your, your feedback or if I, if I ask you for your help, send it in. I mean, the one guy's like, oh, I'd like to send in a top 10, but I just got into it. I don't really know. That's all. Hey, dude, no one's judging. So I, it wasn't like I'm going to attach names to this stuff. Like I said, it's anonymous. Hey, as long as you're participating and listening, I appreciate it. That's cool, man. I mean, that's, you know, and you're in the group and you're, and I see you interacting with people and, and you're real respectful and you're asking questions about certain guys. You're a younger dude. You're asking about the old timers. You're on YouTube checking shit out. That's how you learn. You know, we, we all were, we all learned too. None of us just were born, you know, just had all this knowledge right in our head. I mean, you know, we, we took the time to video and read and studied and yeah, and that's what you're doing. And it, it's cool to see, especially a younger guy, you know, and, uh, no man, hey, Everybody out there, uh, if, if you got something to say or whatever, uh, like I said, email me. Um, I, I use the different email for the voting just to keep it on my email. But, but if you're not on social media, if you are, a Fourth Line Voice on Facebook as well as on Twitter, send me a private message. If you're not on social media, hockeyfights at hotmail.com, send me an email. Let me know what you're thinking, what you think of the show, good, bad, or otherwise, what I should do, what, I, what I've been doing that you don't like. I mean, I'm, I'm all up for constructive criticism for sure. Um, yeah, let me know. And I always, I always love hearing from you guys. So, um, but yeah, so this is, uh, and I wanted to do this for a while. I wanted to do a real, because uh, last, well, I guess a lot, we, I did do, I was going to say I've never done this before. That's not true. Um, I did an LNAH one. I know there's a lot of diehard LNAH fans. Um, and Alec, I had Alec on, and we we went over the top ten um, a couple months back. So 
Um, I, and, and I enjoyed that experience. So I wanted to do, and you know, an NHL thing is pretty, you know, uh, open for everybody. You know, LNH is, it has its fans and some people don't really watch. So, I mean, it sort of eliminates a lot of people when you, but the NHL is pretty, uh, you know, obviously that's fairly, uh, universal. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to do it and I finally, uh, you know, had, uh, I don't want to say I've been struggling for topics, but here in, into November, December, um, you know, I've kind of been taking a break from the interviews and stuff and just, uh, getting ready for Christmas and doing all the running around. So, um, I wanted to, uh, this would be a good time to do this episode. So yeah, I put it out last week and, uh, yeah, it was, and it was fun adding it all up. Um, I'll, I'll we'll do this, uh, we'll do the list here shortly. Um, yeah, I will get into all that. I want to run over some, uh, you know, Hey, you know how I like my tough guy numbers, uh, account out there. Um, we're going to, he threw some new shit up there this week, so we'll go over that and, uh, and all the, and, uh, other than that, um, yeah, that, that'll be today's episode. will be your guys' episode, the, the, the final results episode of the all time top 10. But, uh, before we get into that, of course, I have to talk about my sponsors. Of course, I'm sponsored by the, the hockey podcast network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Of course, those guys are going all the time, every night. I mean, there's shows flying and, uh, yeah, with all the COVID stuff going here and the, what, the couple games gotten canceled and a lot of the teams coming down. I don't know. We'll see here. It's going to be interesting. Um, you know, hopefully it doesn't halt the season too much, but, uh, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, those guys, they have all their shows. For my off-network friends, of course, I got Alec, part-time Oli down there in Florida. Oh, he's he's hanging out with the players now. Oh, him and Newbauer taking selfies and yeah, in their Hawaiian shirts. It looked like a real looked like a real shitty buddy cop movie. Yeah, set in Hawaii. Yeah, but uh, oh, hopefully you can get Newbauer on. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, Alex really getting into the East Coast Hockey League. But um, Five for Fighting podcast. He's got a tremendous back catalog. Definitely give that a listen. Um, I, he's a busy dude right now with traveling and um, getting married again. And uh, I mean, he's already married to her, but they're like redoing the vow or because it was all during COVID and they can only have a limited now. So now they're going to have a bigger event and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe this time she'll say no. I don't know if she's smart. She'll run for the hills. Take that Taiwan, Taiwan neon sign that he's got too. Yeah. Five for Fighting podcast. Give him a check. Check him out. Also on YouTube, he's been firing up. Keep it up. Keep it on the down low though. He's been putting East Coast League fights up. Don't tell East Coast League that though. Keep that on the low low. Seriously. Oh yeah, the East Coast League's a bunch of pricks. They'll take that shit down. And oh yeah, what a bunch of goofs. NHL. Every other league doesn't give a shit, but somehow some hero in the East Coast League's trying to make bones. You know, by copyright and shit. Oh yeah, idiot. But uh, you know, Jesus. The, these guys couldn't market a lemonade stand, I swear to God, you know. But anyway, uh, but yeah, old part-time only there does a bang-up job. Five for Fighting Podcast, give him a listen. Then we got uh, Jolton Broadway, Jolton Joel, Joel Lazito, give him a Lazito, out there in New York, the king of New York. Uh, he he is working at the uh, center of the universe, the greatest arena of it all, MSG. Joe's down there in the ticket office. You need something, you talk to Broadway Joe. Yeah, he just, uh, he's a New York Islander for now, based podcast, Coliseum Chronicles, tremendous back catalog, Dakota, Ewan, Bolton, Strudwig. Um, but Joe's a really busy dude, especially with Christmas coming here, you know, with all the Disney on ice and the Globetrotters and the zoo and everything else that's happening down there. Uh, 
of course, Disney on Ice could cover a lot of things. Could cover the Ranger game, Islander game, actual Disney characters. Who knows? But Joe's in the box office. You need help, you ask for Lazito. He's the man. I'm telling you. But oh, Joe's getting his little across the New York Riptide. He had their their coach on there the other couple episodes back. Joe's getting into the lacrosse. Although, I mean, he goes there and he gets mad that they play the music too loud. He's over there yelling at the DJ to play some Paul Anka, you know, but uh, it's not his type of music. So Joe's there with his head, with his earplugs and, you know, and everything else looking for, uh, looking for the quiet zone. Friggin' Lazito. He's, he's yelling them to play the waiter's song or the waitresses or whatever the hell Christmas song he's into. I always thought Joe looked like a Boney M kind of guy, though. I bet she's really into the Boney M Christmas. Yeah, maybe Helen Reddy. I don't know. But Broadway Joe, give his show a listen. Tremendous. Coliseum Chronicles. Give it a listen, you know. All right. As you guys know, I've I've uh, I've talked about this cat's uh, Twitter account before. It is Tough Guy Numbers on Twitter, and. Uh, yeah, he just kind of what I actually what does his Twitter account say? Numbers about the toughest NHLers past the past and present. Emphasis on the past. Source data from hockey fights. Okay. Yeah, so basically just like most NHL games at least a goal and a major penalty and blah blah blah. And most pims in a 40 goal season and stuff like that. But so he's been kind of throwing and every once in a while every every week he throws out kind of some newer ones. Like this one, most major penalties in his... Oh, and I did ask, uh, he did respond to me. When he says major penalties, that could be not only for fighting, but like majors, high-sticking, cross-checking, whatever. Major penalties. So thank you for replying to that. Uh, but most major penalties in a zero-goal NHL season. Uh, Paul Laws had 39 fights. Fakoda, 31. Cronin, 27. Poshek, 25. Laws, 25, Brashear, 23, Riley Cote, 22, and Sean Cronin, 21. Yeah, in their zero-goal season. Uh, oh, yeah, this this one I found really interesting. <clears throat> All right, only 346 NHLers have, ha- have at least 50 career major penalties. And then only 105 have at least 100. 45 have at least 150. Only 15 have 200. And only two have have had over 250. And that is Ty Domi and Craig Berube. So Ty Domi at 273 and Craig Berube at 251 career NHL fights. So there you go. 346 guys have over 50 fights. I don't know... That's interesting. I don't know why I thought the number would be higher, but as I'm saying it, 346 guys have over 50 fights, eh? Hmm. Well, there we go. Um, yeah. I dig that. Um, oh, and I had taught... I don't know. Did I talk about this? Um, I know I tweeted about it. Um... I probably have mentioned this before. I like, sorry, I, I do, I do so many episodes and talk about so much shit. I forget what I've talked about, what I haven't talked about. <coughs> um, but here we go. Cheers. First today. Um, 
when I was in high school, you know how you have a hockey draft where everybody takes guys and you count up the points, right? Okay. Well, we didn't want to do that. We, we called it a goon draft. And basically you had to take six guys, only five, only five counted. So that, so the reason we, so the reason we did that is for your sixth guy, you could take like a flyer on maybe a rookie or a, you know, stuff like that, you know, try to get, you know, that's why we kind of did it that way. But I think there was about eight of us in the draft. So you just think that's, you know, um, 48 guys picked. I mean, shit, there isn't 48 guys that get penalties anymore. But, um, but, uh, I get, well, I guess, yeah, you're only really counting 40, but, um, and what we would do is you'd count the penalty minutes. That's what the totals were. But you'd lose four points for every goal and lose two points for every assist. So, I mean, like back then, like Wendell Clark or Cam Neely or whatever, you know, okay, but, you know, Wendell's going to score 30, maybe 40 goals. So you're losing like, you know, you're losing a ton of points right off the hop with some of these guys. So you really wanted the the straight cement, right? So um, I had mentioned that I had tweeted about this. So, um Tough guys, numbers here broke it down like uh, the top goon draft seasons. So number one would be 74-75 when Schultz had 472 penalty minutes. He actually would have had 402 points. Then the next one was 91-92, Mike Peluso uh, in his 408 penalty minute season. He had, he would have got me 300, or he would have got 378 points. He did get me 378 points because I did have Peluso. Because in 91-92 we were doing the draft and I had Peluso that year and he did bring me home the at first place. Um, Marty McSorley, or pardon me, what did I get McSorley? I had McSorley in his 399 year too. Um, but Tim Hunter, the 88-89 season, he, when he had 375 minutes, that would have been 345 points. Basil McRae's 87-88 season when he had 382 minutes. Would have got you 340 points. And Brian Curran wrapping up his 86-87 season when he had 356 minutes and only 10 assists. So 300, good for 336 points. But yes, I did have Mike Peluso in that 91-92 season. And somewhere in a box in my parents' house somewhere, I know I have some standing sheets. Um, because it'd be funny. Because of course, this is, or like I said, early 90s, right? That we were doing this. So there was no internet or anything. So every Wednesday, our local paper would print out, you know, every team's, the stat sheet every year or every month. Oh, geez, spit it out. Every week on Wednesday, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. The stats would come out. Well, I would get that Monday morning would be like, or Wednesday morning would be like the only morning during the week that I would actually get up early and I would, I would do the, I would add them all up and, and add up all the points. And then stop by the office when I coming into the school. They'd always let me run, let me run off eight, nine, ten copies. I guess it'd be that would be eight for the guys that were in it. And then on break, and the after the second period, you'd have the lunchroom break for twenty minutes. We'd all meet there, and I'd hand out the sheets, and you know all the chirping would start. And and then at the all star at the all star break, we uh, I think we dropped a guy, and you could pick a guy up. I think I, I think we did that one year too. Again, guys, we're going back 30 years here. So, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember. But uh, I do remember having Peluso. And I remember having McSorley that year, that one year. Yeah, but, um, yeah, we called it the Goon Drop. So that was, that was a lot of fun. But uh, thank you very much for doing those. Uh, man, I really appreciate that. That was uh, that was funny to read. But, uh, yeah, like I said, if you're on Twitter, uh, Tough Guy Numbers, great account. Uh, a lot of fun to go over that and read that stuff. And uh, it brings back a lot of memories.
Okay, well, I mean, why, why, uh, you know, we're we're all here for one thing, right? We all want to get to the voting, the top ten, uh, voted on by you, the listeners, and the fight fans out there. Um, it was interesting uh, after doing all the count, the uh, I had a numbering or a a, a point system on how we uh, uh, on how I came to this the the rankings and. Um, there was uh, 59 unique uh, players voted uh, or that ended up in the uh, uh, on the list, and um, yeah, I mean some of the some of them it was interesting. Some of the names. Um, well, what should I do? Should I do the guys that didn't make it, or should I break? I'll do the I'll do the top ten first, and then after that, I will uh, we'll break this stuff down and on and of some surprising. Um, Omissions, and uh, yeah, we'll go over that. But yeah, I'll go from ten to one here. Um, uh, number ten on the all-time top ten voted on by you, the listeners. Ty Domi finished tenth. Um, yeah, and really, as I'm looking at this list here, uh, the top ten. I, I mean, really, everybody. Well, there's a few names that, that were voted on that were, okay, okay. Not knocking the guys, but it was a little like, mm, I don't know about that. But um, as far as what the top 10 ended up, I will say this right off the start. Um, it, it's hard. You, you can't, there's no, you can't really argue. I mean, you might be able to mix around the names. Like, oh, this guy should be fourth, not eighth, and, you know, whatever. But, I mean, you know, really, um um, I, I, as I, I'm looking at the list, I'm sure people listening after I, you know, we do the 10, I don't think it'll probably come to anybody's surprise who's in the 10 really. Um, yeah, I was actually more surprised by some of the, who got very little, who very, who got very few votes. Some of the names were really surprised me. I thought they would be, I knew they probably wouldn't be in the top 10, but I thought it'd be kind of be close. But it really wasn't, um, which was surprising with some of these guys. But uh, anyway, I'm I'm rambling here. But number ten was Ty Domi. Um, yeah, well, um, I was trying to think back. Uh, I know I did my top ten a few episodes ago. That I can't remember who. Now I can't. I didn't count my votes, but it's like uh, I can't remember who I put. I wouldn't. I didn't have Domi in my top ten though. I don't think. I think I would. I would have him in my top twenty-five though, and. And again, I said, um, and I've always made this distinction. I've said the top 10 of fighters. In my opinion, how I view it, to me, fighting and enforcing are two different things. Like I say, Dave Semenko is one of the top, probably one of the top five enforcers of all time. But I wouldn't even have him in my top 20 in terms of fighters of all time. But that's not what enforcing is. Enforcing isn't fighting. It's intimidation. And... Um, and well, and fight. I mean, you can't, you know, get beat. You try to intimidate and then get beat up all the time. I mean, you know, there is fighting to it, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so, um, so I was going to say with Domi, um, despite being very undersized, um, I think Ty Domi was a tremendous enforcer. Like going back to those days, like I don't remember too many of the like Sandine and them getting messed with too much. And every year Domi, you know, put up the fights and he was always in there. And, um, the thing with Domi is he was he was a, he was a good skater, uh, real physical, could hit. He was a really good body checker, and uh, so I think he kept people honest that way too. Um, 
So yeah, I can see I can see Domi in the, he wouldn't be in my top ten, but he's not far out. So him being number ten, yeah, I see it. Uh, number nine, Marty McSorley. Yeah, again, uh, I think Mar- Marty was in my top ten. Um, he would be in my top ten enforcers as well, if not the number one enforcer of all time. He's the top three for me. Um, always did his job. Tremendous fighter. Took on everybody. Uh, I know this pops Tim, but it's he, he had porn star stamina and uh, could go forever. And uh, but just a tough dude. I mean, we don't have to rehash how the career ended, which is unfortunate because that's what I always say with McSorley. That's how we'd be, and you know, and that's how he's remembered, and that's how it is. But um, you know, he did play 900 games before that too. Um, but he wasn't afraid to cross the line and send a message. And uh, but he was a bad dude, man. I love me some Marty, and he's a tough guy, and definitely top ten. Number eight, Boogie, rest in peace, Derek Bugard. Yeah, the big man. Um, again, hard to argue. Unfortunately, with the sur- the circumstances and uh, his unfortunate overdose, um, you know, we never got to see uh, him for a real long period of time. Like I think it was his career total is about sixty fights, give or take. Um, in the NHL and I was fortunate enough to see him in the Western League when he started and it was amazing to see his development and his journey because I'll tell you when he first started in junior boy I mean you know what's you know pop you with big paws but because he's a big kid but man, he took some he wasn't a good fighter and he took some beatings but uh, he improved got better improved his skating um, not a bad skater man when he and when, and he didn't give a shit and he was mean Bugard was mean, and um, he didn't care who you were, top-line guy, fourth-line guy. He was running you, and he would dare you to do something. And I loved Derek's attitude. And he greatly improved as he got old, like as he got into his uh, turn pro, and he really worked on his game and his fighting. And uh, he was a bad dude, man, and he laid the thumping on people. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, his life was cut short at a, you know, at a young age, and which is, which is terrible. But, um, yeah, that's a shame because it would have been really interesting to see him go on and, 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 you know, without the injuries and stuff, what kind of career he could have had. And, uh, you know, I think he would have, he would have, he would have left a wake of broken bones and bodies in his wake. Right. So, yeah, but, uh, boogie number eight, there you go. Uh, number seven. I mean, I, you, I know he's, he is a very unpopular and everything else, but, I always say you got to give him his due, and you guys did. Number seven, Donald Brashear. Yeah, I mean, um, lo- you know, love him, hate him. A lot of people hate him. I'm not a brash guy, um, but I've never, t- I've never took it, taken anything away from his ability. Um, tough guy, did it again, did it for a long time at a high level. Did not lose many fights. Like I said, in his prime, you could count on one hand how many fights he lost, and you can go back and what, and you can hate it, and you can hate his style, and. I mean, lots of guys, they, he'd fight on his terms and whatever. Well, but he was he was successful at it, and he had a long career doing it that way. So it's kind of hard to fault the guy when you look back on it. Um, but, yeah, he was a bad dude. Like I said, I'm not a brushier guy, but, yeah, once, uh, you know, again, um, a, lot, a lot better player than people give him credit for. I mean, he's got, he had 40 goal, uh, you know, what, 38 goals in the American Hockey League. Like, he was a good player and uh, played for Team USA. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, he got put in the role in the NHL, and that's how it was. But I mean, he could he, for a big. He had good hands. He could play. 
Um, but he always he knew his role and he did it well. And like I said, you can say what you want about him, but he did it well. And uh, yeah. And then number six, George LaRock. Yeah, again, um, I I think I had George number three on my list. Again, um, you could count in his prime. Really, throughout his career, you just think, just think right now, how many losses did George LaRock have? If you think about it, I don't remember him getting dropped. I think Brashear kind of stunned him a couple once, but he never got dropped. I mean, you look at all these guys, a lot of them got dropped or busted up. When did LaRock get busted up or dropped? I mean, I don't remember it. Somebody refresh my memory because I don't remember it happening. Um, not in the NHL anyway. And, um, yeah, um, like I said, I've had guys on my show and like I, I've talked to players and I mean, you always talk about the rock. You have somebody go, Oh, he throws noogie punches and you know, well, yeah, yeah. Maybe go talk to someone that fought him. They'll tell you something different. Um, so strong, left handed, could pull you out, could control you. Um, yeah. George is a bad dude. And um, my my knock on LaRock has always been the good luck buddy and all that horse shit. And I always say he was too nice. I think the league might have been very lucky that he was nice. But because uh, if you had given him like a, like a, a Bougard mean streak, uh, it could have been bad news. But yeah, George, legit for sure. Number five, Joey Koser. Yeah, there you go. I mean... Has the rep as probably, the, if not the biggest puncher, top one of the top power punchers of all time. His hands have paid the ultimate price for it. Um, he almost lost his arm, actually, uh, in the minors, fighting Jim Playfair. He knocked Playfair out, but ended up getting his tooth lodged in his knuckle and got infected. And Yeah, he almost lost his arm. Um, if you ever see Pitcher Coaster, he's got some brutal scar, surgery scars on his hands. and Yeah, he's had some tough go with his hands. Um, but it never deterred him in the NHL for punching. I mean, the stories of him breaking helmets, you know, um, you know, Saskatchewan boy. I, he played for the Blades here. That was, a, you know, I was about 9 or 10 when he was playing here, so I, I don't really remember him, um, which is unfortunate. And unfortunately, there's no video of him either here, playing here. Um, I would have loved to have seen some Blade footage of him. Um, but yeah. You know, road shotgun there with Probert in the in the Detroit years. I've always kind of I've gotten on Coaster over the years for his fight card, especially in Detroit because I mean Probert took a lot of the heavy lifting and Coaster kind of not that Joey couldn't, but he, he sort of played the you know the Robin to Probert's Batman. But uh, once he got to New York, I think I think he was better in New York actually. You know, and then well he was also into his late twenties, so you're getting into your he's into his prime years as a fighter and. I mean, his hands were really banged up, but he laid some thumpings to dude in New York, in dudes to dudes in, when he was playing for the Rangers. And um, but yeah, one of the best power punches of all time. And you know, Saskatchewan boy, so he's I'm sticking up for him. But uh, yeah, Joey Coaster, that's a bad man. Number four, Ben Wilson. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, with amongst the old timers, it's debated. I mean, I've seen Wilson, and there was a bunch of guys on their list here that had Wilson number one, and. Um, you know, I encourage the younger listeners, um, if you're Ben Wilson, what the fuck, you know, what, B-E-H-N, Ben Wilson, uh, go to YouTube and look him up, I think you guys will be impressed, uh, late 70s guy, was a big guy for the era, 6'3", um, unfortunately he had a bad back, so it kind of really hampered his career, I think cut it, cut it very short, but, uh, yeah, you go back, seriously, go back and, and, and do, a lot of his stuff from Philly is on YouTube, 
Um, and you'll be impressed. He's a big guy. He can throw both. Uh, that knocker, somebody put that fight with Hillworth up there the other night, and that's so savage. Just Wilson just did not give a shit. There's another guy. Wilson was a mean prick and didn't care. And, uh, yeah, what you want to talk about one of the best enforcers. I don't think too much happened when Wilson was around. And he intimidated guys. I mean, Clark Gillies does that interview. If you look up Clark Gillies' talks about Ben Wilson or whatever, the clip's on YouTube. And Gillies was scared of him. And he says he was. And they had they had two big fight, legendary fights. And it's like, yeah, but listen, go listen to Gillies. And, and Gillies, one of the best, is... Uh, you know, was legit intimidated by Ben Wilson. So that tells you, that tells you a lot right there. And, uh, yeah, so I encourage anybody who hasn't and you're a young, maybe a younger listener, even if you're an older listener, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't really follow the older stuff or whatever. Definitely, uh, I encourage you to check out Ben Wilson. You'll be impressed. Trust me. Uh, number three, the twister, Tony Twist. There you go. Another Saskatoon Blade Boy. Um, yeah, when you talk about power punchers, Twist is right in that conversation. He brought he brought it from left field and uh, straight arm haymakers and uh, fought the same way from the Saskatoon, from the Blades all the way to his last fight in the NHL. Twist pretty much fought the same. And um, yeah, strong as shit would ragdoll you. Um, you can always say Twist was um, was something just because you you. I've always said watch how other guys fought him. And that said, that indicates a lot. I had talked about this the other episode when we talked about the Clark Twist thing. When you watch like a guy like a Darren Langdon or a Reed Simpson who never turtled or never would, they were always in every fight. They never, when Twist got them in a position that they knew they were in trouble, they bailed. And they never did that. And, uh, and it's no, it's no slight to them. It was just they knew they were in a real bad spot. And if they stayed there, it was, it was going to end like how the Ray fight ended with a broken face. Or not clean out. And uh, Twist had that intimidation about him. And uh, yeah, and I put that clip up the other day. If you go to my YouTube channel, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, and just type in Tony Twist talks about being an enforcer. And there's that eight minute clip where he talks about it. And make New Age fans cry. That would make today's players cry. And it's some savage shit. And he talks about hitting somebody so hard that he wanted to kill him. Not in a literal sense, but. Read, go listen to the interview. You'll see what I'm talking about. But he took the shit serious. Took the role seriously. There was no good luck bro or any of that shit. And he was hitting to hurt. And like he said, are you fighting not to lose or are you fighting to win? There's two different things there. And there's, and there's, in this case, yeah, there are a lot of guys that fight to not lose. And Twist always fought to win. And, uh, yeah, one of the best. Well, here we go. Two and one. I mean, I think everyone listening, of course, obviously knows the two names that I'm going to bring up. And yes, number two was Dave Brown, which of course ended up being number one was Bob Probert. Um, No real surprise there. Probert was actually, he had about 100 more points than Brown did in the voting. Um, But actually, Probert, Brown, well, Brown, Twist, and Wilson were were all within like 20, 30 points of each other. And, uh, and then Probert was sort of the runaway leader. But, um, yeah, Dave Brown, again, in terms of, well, not only fighters, but enforcers, one of the best. Mean, did not give a shit about your code or any of that bullshit. It was, if you're fighting, we're fighting. Um, and he didn't care. Gloves off first, get a few shots in on you, sucker you, hit you when you were down. Didn't matter. 
he was going to get the job done. It was all about intimidation. And I mean, yeah, and you just say it. He was an asshole. When he played, he was an asshole. And, uh, and he was mean and he was out to hurt you. And like I said, I mean, I guess in today's hockey, that's, you don't do that and that's scary. And, you know, is today's hockey better off not having Dave Brown types in it? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it can be debated. There's also a lot of guys that probably wouldn't do the shit they did if Dave Brown was out there. But, um, yeah, he would cross the line and, but when it came to fight and he was left-handed and he had that sleeve super tight and he, uh, he hurt a lot of guys and, uh, yeah, Dave Brown was a mean man. And then of course, number one Probert, I mean, um, you know, well, I don't, who, I, what do I have to tell? I have to explain Bob Probert yet. I mean, you know, you don't have to do that. Um, Probert, uh, yeah. But I mean, if I, I've said this, and especially over the last few years, when people talk about, like, like I said, there was a bunch of people that had Dave Brown number one, uh, or Ben Wilson number one. Well, that's not old. You're, you're morons. It's Probert. It's not even close. I mean, yeah, the Probert fanboys and the Probert fan group would say that, like, you know, they think Probert and then everyone else is a, not even in the horizon, which is completely false. Um, I can see why people put Brown or Wilson ahead of uh, Probert. Like I was telling the one guy with LaRock, I'm like, well, Probert lost a lot more fights than LaRock did. That's just, that's true. Those are the facts. I'm not, and like I said in the Probert, in the Probert fan group, I said this the other day, um, like people were talking, oh, who was it now? It was Probert and, was it the Ewan fight? And it was like, everybody's kind of calling Ewan a joke and whatever. And I'm like, you guys are idiots. Like, what are you talking about? Like, obviously Todd Ewan could hang with Probert. He dropped him with one punch. Yeah, Ewan, Probert got his revenge, but to start talking like Ewan's not in his, not even in the same league. Like, shut up. Or like Brown or these guys, they're not even, they're not even in Bobby's league. You sound so ridiculous. Which I brought up. And of course, the one guy, old PJ there. Yeah, I noticed you're always a Probert hater. Why are you even in here? said, Probert hater, as I'm sitting here, as I'm talking to you, I'm looking right at an autographed Bob Probert um, picture. Yeah, I'm a real hater. Well, no, he's probably my favorite all-time enforcer. No, what I don't like is ignorant fans that can't take their blinders off. Like, a lot of Probert fans have blinders on, and there's no penetrating that. Like, it's not even close. And, I mean, it is close. And Probert did lose some fights, and towards the end... I think Probert's, I mean, I know he was, they say he was clean in Chicago and all that, but I think he he didn't do himself any favors with his off-ice issues and everything else. Um, and with the amount of fights, it took its toll. And he was losing fights at the end. That, you know, yeah, five years earlier he wouldn't have lost. But, um, you know, father time caught up to him. And uh, But for, for a run there, he was the man. He was the measuring stick, without a doubt. Um but I will to say to for anybody to say that Probert's number one and it's not even close is to me is a very ignorant statement. Um, I still would have Probert at number one, but it's close. And to say it isn't to me is a little little far fetched. But um, there you go, guys. There is your top ten list voted on by you guys. Um, like I was saying, um, some of the names just on the outside. Um, 
Number 11 was Grimson by actually one vote. He was one, one or one point behind Domi. Um, surprisingly at number 12 was Terry O'Reilly. Um, I don't know if the, if the Bruins homers got in here or what. Um, I, I loved, I love me some Terry O'Reilly. He was a great, very, and a very underrated player. He was a very good player. Um, I love Terry O'Reilly, but I wouldn't have him in a top 10 list or a top 15 list. Um, but, uh, certainly game took on everybody without a doubt. So, um, I wouldn't have had him that high myself. Um, and then 13 was a McGratton. So you had a new school guy. Um, again, I'm a big fan of Brian McGratton. Um, I went down the rabbit hole the one night watching his fights and I was really impressed. Um, I mean, I, you know, towards the end with Calgary and stuff, I saw all that stuff, but, um, you know, as, cause I was on Twitter at the time and it would always be up and I'd see it, but I kind of went back and I revisited some of his American League stuff and, uh, um, you know, his, his early stuff with the Senators and, uh, he was solid. And to think at that point, he was going through a lot of off ice issues and everything else. So for him to be that, uh, that successful with all that going on, it says something, but yeah, uh, big guy, six, five, um, could have done it in any era, in my opinion. And, uh, yeah, big earn. Uh, then Chris Simon. Again, Simon, I think, would have been a top 10 guy if it wasn't for the shoulder surgeries. Um, yeah, lefty, big, mean. He had it all. Great, and a real solid player. And it's unfortunately injuries caught up to him. But, uh, yeah, really good player. Um, the Undertaker with his long hair and she, you talk about intimidating. Woof. Uh, then Clark Gillies. Um, it's interesting. A lot of people, there's some, a lot of the old timers that have Gillies at 10 in the top 10. Um, <clears throat> myself, I probably wouldn't just do like, he was a good fighter for sure. Um, I always get on Gillies for his fight card to me. He didn't fight enough. Um, that's my opinion, but, uh, yeah, bad dude. Uh, number 16 was the hammer, Dave Schultz. Um, I mean, I've seen a bunch of the hammers fights on YouTube. Um, I think it was a better fighter than I think a lot of people give him credit. Like, all everybody when they talk about the old goon fighting, they brawled, and Schultz was just dirty and blah, and he was and all that. But one-on-one, when he started fighting, he was pretty good. Schultz is pretty good. Um, like, again, go back to the enforcer thing. I mean, him and the Flyers, they intimidated, man, two cops, they won through intimidation, and, and he was the head intimidator. So, um, this one here, number 17, surprised me, Rob Ray. I was really surprised at that. Um, I, I, again, I'm a big fan. I, I like all these guys, but I'm a big fan of Ray. Um, but he, I know on the fight boards, he always gets shit on for losing his jersey and everything else. Um, I said he was just as good with his jersey on, actually. But he had probably, I've always said with Ray, if you go back and look, and people don't believe me, but if you go and look, I think he almost had more KOs and T, it's T, not KOs, but TKOs than anybody. There's like an eight minute montage of him dropping dudes. Yeah, Ray had thunder in his hands. And, um, and, mo- and most of the knockouts were with the jerseys on, by the way. Um, but I was surprised. Um, I guess the Ray, the Ray haters weren't, uh, they didn't get out to vote, I guess. Um, the number 18, uh, number 18 kind of struck me funny because it's Dennis Bonvey. Um, and it's not a slight to Dennis. Um, again, I guess in, in my, in, in the voters' defense, I didn't put the top 10 all-time NHL fighters. I just said top 10 all-time fighters. 
Um, which leads me to, uh, Bonvi getting that many votes. Um, Moraski was 20th. There was a vote in here for Bosse, which cracked me up. And, uh, Engelstad had a bunch of votes as well. And Frank Bialois. So, ah, there you go. So, I mean, um, you don't get, yeah. So, I mean, there, there was a bunch of guys getting votes in there. Um, we, hey, Bonvi's the, you know, all time, uh, hockey's all time, or American Hockey League all time penalty minute leader. Again, I'm a huge fan of Dennis Bonvi, minor league legend. Probably, if you're, ta- I always say if there's a minor league Mount Rushmore, he'd definitely be on it. Um, yeah. And maybe I'll do a Mount Rushmore segment there next week. Maybe I'll do that. People I'm, hold on, I'm going to write that. It just came to me as I was talking. Um, but yeah, they, uh, they don't get much tougher. And again, and another guy, uh, that, uh, that did it forever and at, and at a real high level. Like, I mean, uh, he, he kind of, you know, he did bounce around in the NHL for a while. Um, but, you know, obviously most of the time in the American Hockey League and long time. And, um, yeah. And, uh, uh, what was that? 18, number nine. Wendell Clark was 19. And then, uh, Morasti was 20. So, uh, and then, but yeah, I counted them all. Uh, I will say, I was going to say some notable guys that really surprised me not being in there. Um, that I think probably should have been a lot higher. Uh, well, definitely higher than Bond v. Morasti and them. But, uh, Jim McKenzie, he actually only got six points. And, uh, I, to me, to me, McKenzie's like a top 20 guy. Um, again, if my, my fault to McKenzie would be he was way too nice. Um, and he let guys off the hook a lot, I think. I think he would fight to his opponents. And if, oh, you're done, okay, we're good. And then he'd separate. Um, every once in a while, Jim would get pissy, though, and he'd destroy a guy. Poor Daryl Sador. But, um, yeah. And I was surprised Craig Berube didn't get a lot of votes. Um, that surprised me as well. Um, I would have him in there. I would have Berube in my top, I think I'd have him in my top 15. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of thinking. Yeah, Tim Hunter. Ojik, Ferguson got a few, um, Karen's Holt, Colt Nor, Belak. Well, and the other, Larry Playfair, I think would all, will always hurt Playfair. And I mean, you read from guys that played against them, he's really highly thought of, um, has a great rep amongst the players. Um, there just isn't a lot of footage of him. And I'm, I, hey, and I'm not, I'm as guilty as anybody. I mean, I've seen what's out there a little bit. Um, but again, I never saw him. I never saw Prime Playfair. I've never seen a lot of that footage. But he comes with a massive rep. Um, so I think that maybe hurts him with kind of the younger, uh, you know, the younger voters. Just didn't see him. Um, Fatio, same thing. Um, again, with the Fatio thing, I've said it a bunch of times. I never get the, I never got the Fatio thing. But again, that's not my era. I didn't see him. If you talk to someone that was in New York at the time, they pump him up and say he was one of the best. And, um, I mean, I've seen, there's, there is foot, Fatio footage out there. I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm in the minority. I, you know, well, maybe, maybe I'm not in the minority as he didn't get many votes, but I, I'm, I always think the footage is kind of underwhelming. I'm like, I don't, you know, I mean, you got Wilson for sure, but other than that, there's like lots of square offs that get breaking, broken up. And I mean, I don't know. Like, I just, I never got the Fatio thing. Again, it's not my era. So, um, I'm sure maybe some of the older listeners right now are screaming at their dashboard, calling me a fucking idiot, <laughs> you know, 
But um, that's just me personally. I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm just saying I never saw it. And the stuff I have seen, eh, you know. Um, Eric Goddard, there's another guy, a new school guy. I think Goddard, I think in general though, Goddard is really um, underrated. And if you go back, and there's another guy, I encourage people to go back and check out. Um, I think what always kind of hurt Goddard, there is a guy who definitely fought to his competition. Um, if he was fighting a McIntyre or a McGratton or an Orr, he was lethal, but um, I don't know when he would fight like an England or something, not knocking England, but you know what I mean? When I, somebody maybe that was just kind of a step down, it was sort of be an underwhelming fight. Um, but yeah, Goddard, both hands, thunder in his hands. He was mean, man. I'd down there at Goddard. I kind of, I kind of thought he'd have a few more votes. Um, yeah, Belak, same thing. I mean, once Wade got rolling there in Toronto, real solid career. Um, Colt Nor, Colt Nor actually didn't get many votes. That surprised me. Not that I would have him in a top ten or anything, but I was, I just figured Orr would get more. Um, you know who actually didn't get a single vote, and it kind of surprised me was Sean Thornton. Yeah, his name didn't come up on anyone's list. That surprises me actually. Um, Chris Nyland didn't get a lot of votes. Um, I mean Ferguson. I mean everybody calls him the original enforcer, and back then they're like, oh, he didn't lose many fights. Again, there's no footage, uh, really. And uh, well before probably everyone's listening's uh, uh, era. So, again, that's just a lack of video footage out there and stuff. So, um, But, yeah, oh, like I said, we got uh, Patrick Cote in here and VL. I see you, Paul. Um, I love Dennis. Uh, Manson, Secord. Samanko, Jonathan Winsick, Cox, Bomber. Oh yeah, Bomber, Howitt, Karens. Yeah, who do you think's list was that? Yeah. Scott Parker was in there. Jay Miller, Gassoff, McIntyre, Sandy McCarthy. Sandy McCarthy's a guy that probably could have got more votes. Um, he didn't get many either. And I think he goes very under the radar. If you go back and watch Sandy's Calgary stuff, legit, legit dude. Hung a, hung a couple on Probert. Uh, was right there with Twist. Sandy was legit. And uh, again, catches a lot of grief on the boards for kind of his later shit when he got old and kind of got older with injuries and, and maybe his interest was waning. But uh, Prime Sandy was bad dude, man. Link Link got a few votes. Glenn Cochran got a few votes. Kimball and Barry Beck had one vote along with Randy Holt. But... Uh, there we have it, folks. There is your all-time top 10 list. And I want to thank everybody who took, again, who took the time to uh, reach out and do that for me. Uh, it was greatly appreciated. Like I said, uh, you know, with Christmas, the silly season here, and all the running around that we've had to do this last little while, um, my time is sort of limited. But I want to bring you guys content because I know you guys enjoy listening to this at work or on your run, Jason. This should ah, this might get you a couple a couple hills in, um, but guys do it while they're working out, riding the bike on the Peloton or whatever the you know the treadmill or whatever. Um, I want to thank everybody who listens and thank you for listening to this. If you voted, you want to hear the voting, and this is your first time listening to the show. Welcome, thank you for tuning in, and I. Uh, I hope this becomes a, a regular regular list in your podcast uh, rotation. Um, I encourage you to, uh, any of the new listeners, 
um, to go back and check out my back catalog. I've interviewed a lot of great guys, John Morasti, Steve McIntyre, um, Joey Tedarenko, Roman Volpat, um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a couple LNAH guys, Dean Mayrad, Curtis Swanson, uh, some old dub boys, Frank Kovacs, uh, Kent Staniforth, Fountain Tire, Lloyd Minster for all your tire needs. Um, you need some winter, you, hey, you need some new shoes for the ride. Kent's your hookup. Fountain Tire, Lloyd Minster. Go in, tell them the fourth line boys sent you. Um, but yeah, guys, um, definitely, Check out my stuff. And like I said, on social media, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter and Facebook. Hit me up. Give me a follow. Uh, and as well, on, as I said earlier, on YouTube, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. I have over 2,600 videos on there from all leagues, from junior to the NHL to the minors. They're all sorted. So whatever league you're looking for, just type it into the little search engine. Boom, it'll come up. Um, now that I have, I'm, I've moved in and I got my DVDs all unpacked, I'll be trying to upload stuff daily. You know, you know, maybe three, four, five fights here and there. Give you some new content. So subscribe to the channel. Hit the little bell notification. Anytime there's something uploaded, you'll be the first to know. But uh, one last thing here. Whatever platform you're listening to this, guys. Could, I know I'm asking a lot. And I'm always asking you guys for stuff. But could you rate and review my show? It helps me out in the searches. Um, so when people, like, say they listen to 31 Thoughts or John Scott's show, it'll, oh, you like that. You might like this. And then Fourth Line Voice would be there. So, um yeah, so that's what they tell me anyway. So if you could rate and review, that would be tremendous. And one last thing. I should have said this at the start of the show. Could you download these episodes? Don't stream my stuff. Please don't stream. I, I mean, I appreciate that you're listening to it any way you can. I That's not what I'm saying. It's great. But to be completely honest, and I've always been transparent with you guys. I don't lie. When you, I, I get paid by the download. So that's why I'm asking you to please download it. Darren needs to get paid. So if we're going to do this... Uh, Endeavor, I would greatly appreciate that you download it. And uh, I know that sounds so just greedy and stuff, but I mean, you know, help me out. Help a brother out. I need cash, homie. You know, Christmas is expensive. But uh, no, I want to thank everybody for uh, for tuning in. And uh, like I said, if you're new here, welcome. I hope you stay and come back and you enjoyed it. Um, I do two episodes a week, Wednesdays and Sundays. Um, normally when I get in the groove in the new year, I have a bunch of guys lined up. We'll get back into it, guys. Uh, Wednesday, I usually have what I call an interview show, whether it be with a player or a fellow fight fan, what have you. And then Sunday, I call it a shit show Sunday. It's a rant episode where I do stuff like this, or I rant about what the goings ons, or I'll find some old article or whatever. Um, I know William has a John Ferguson article he's sending me. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. So, um, I will share that with you guys on Sunday. Um, I do like all-time top 10 lists for the Flyers or for the Flames. Because I have people that send me links all the time. Oh, do this list. And we do it and we chop up the list and maybe make fun of it. Or, you know, we take the piss out of it if this list is bad. Or some of Actually, the last couple of lists have been pretty good. So, which I don't know if they're as fun or not. But uh, there's always something going on on Sunday, you know, whatever. But, uh Look, oh, and on my YouTube channel, I got some stuff coming, some drunk hockey carding. I'm going to start doing those in video form. I'll kind of do like five five cards, maybe a couple. Just It'll just be a few-minute drunk hockey carding thing. I think it'd just be something funny to do. Um, I want to I want to start incorporate. I want to do some stuff with the YouTube channel. Not only that, but some maybe some like 10-minute biography pieces um, where you just break down a guy's career. Maybe if it's a guy that I've interviewed, I could throw in some sound bites too. Just stuff like that. Just stuff I'm throwing around out there. But uh, 
Anyway, guys, I'll let you go. We're almost at the hour mark here. So, uh, again, thank you, everybody, for taking part in this. This was your show, and I greatly appreciate it. And uh, hope everybody has a good rest of the work week. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?